You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, The Rowan Radio News Team. Good morning and welcome to The Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Allie Bruce with The Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include a 73-year-old man is sentenced to 15 months in prison for threatening members of Congress, a U.S. father helps his daughter and her family escape Ukraine, and a Philadelphia police officer was struck by a suspected DUI driver. Here's your national news recap for the week of March 27th. A Florida man is sentenced to 15 months in federal prison for threatening members of Congress. A jury found 73-year-old Frank Pizzuto guilty of leaving messages at the offices of U.S. Representatives Eric Swalwell and Adam Schiff of California and Ilhan Omar of Minnesota in 2020 and threatening to kill them. Prosecutors say in each of the calls, the Venice man used his cell phone but concealed his number and tried to disguise his voice. U.S. Capitol Police were able to identify Pizzuto as the caller and confirmed the calls were routed through a cell tower near his Florida home. Congresswoman Elaine Luria says former President Trump's son-in-law has been able to provide his own take on what happened on and around January 6, 2021. The Virginia Democrat who is on the January 6th committee says Jared Kushner was asked for his impression on third-party accounts. Kushner sat down with the committee Thursday, but Luria would not comment on when questioning started or if it had ended. Luria also noted that the panel had not received any updates from the Justice Department on criminal referrals it made about former Trump's aides, Dan Scavino, Peter Navarro, and Mark Meadows. She said the committee needs to be able to hear from the people directly involved with the Trump administration so it can gather all the facts about what happened regarding the Capitol riot. Immigration advocates say the federal government is holding Ukrainian, Haitian, and Latin refugees to a double standard. Immigration attorney and executive director of Border Angels, Dulce Garcia, says asylum seekers from Ukraine are able to have their claims heard in the U.S., while Latin and Haitian migrants have been forced to wait in Mexico for two years while Title 42 has been enforced. The Biden administration said the U.S. will take in about 100,000 refugees from Ukraine. The Department of Homeland Security says it has granted exceptions to Title 42 to people of all nationalities for humanitarian reasons on a case-by-case basis. Enforcement of Title 42 is expected to end in May. Gay rights advocates sued Florida Governor Ron DeSantis on Thursday to block a new law that forbids classroom instruction on sexual orientation and gender identity in kindergarten through third grade. The challenge filed in federal court in Tallahassee on behalf of Equality Florida and Family Equality alleges the law violates constitutionally protected rights of free speech, equal protection, and due process of students and families. The parents of Trevor Reed, a former U.S. Marine imprisoned in Russia, say their meeting with President Biden went well. 
Trevor's mother, Paula, said she and her husband spoke with Biden for about 40 minutes on Wednesday. The meeting came as the parents had protested outside the White House, trying to get put on the president's schedule. Trevor's father, Joey, described Biden as very compassionate and said he listened to everything they had to say. He added that they also spoke to Biden about the imprisoned U.S. basketball star Brittany Greener. The parents said Biden told them he didn't want to get their hopes up about being able to bring their son home. A student is in the hospital after being shot at a South Carolina school. The Greenville County Sheriff's Office in the northwestern part of the state says it happened at Tanglewood Middle School. They're working to identify the shooter, who is believed to be another student. The condition of the victim is unknown. Yonkers, New York is launching an interactive public crime map. During his State of the City address, Mayor Mike Spano said the digital website will allow community members to explore verified crime and police incidents throughout the city. The public will have access to enhanced search options and be able to make anonymous tip submissions, as well as register surveillance cameras. Yonkers police officials say more technology will be rolled out over the next year. A student was stabbed Thursday at a K-8 school in Sacramento County. The 7th grade student was stabbed by another 7th grader, both of which attend Sierra Oaks in the Arden Arcade area. According to the San Juan Unified School District, the stabbing happened around 9 in the morning when one female student attacked another female student with a household knife. Authorities say the girl who was stabbed was taken to the hospital and sustained non-life-threatening injuries. Sacramento County Sheriff's Office deputies took the other student to Juvenile Hall. The MTA is agreeing to install more cameras at several subway stations in a crime-fighting effort. The agency approved a $50 million deal that would place the cameras near turnstiles at 88 stations. Officials say the NYPD and MTA managers will be able to monitor the devices remotely. Cameras are not currently connected to the MTA command centers. Oregon State Police report a trooper in Wallowa County took his own life while on duty in his patrol car. On Tuesday, Sergeant Marcus McDowell, who works out of the LeGrand Patrol Office, was found dead in his car. The medical examiner determined the death was a suicide. The Wallowa County Sheriff's Office is leading the investigation. OSP's critical incident response team was activated to help staff members who are impacted by the tragedy. I'm Allie Bruce, and that was your national news. I'm Victoria Baker with your international news. Russian troops are reportedly withdrawing from Chernobyl's nuclear power plant in Ukraine after Moscow said it was pulling back some of its forces in the area. That according to the U.S. Defense Department officials. Russians seized control of the defunct power plant on its first day of the invasion over a month ago. Back in 1986, it was a site of the world's worst nuclear disaster and still requires constant management to prevent other accidents. Nintendo is delaying the release of a highly anticipated game for its Switch console. The sequel to Zelda Breath of the Wild has had its release date pushed back to the spring of 2023. The game was previously ready to be released this year. Most of the information about the sequel is being kept secret, including the actual title of the game. A U.S. father says that he helped his daughter, grandson, and her boyfriend leave Ukraine for Slovakia. Massachusetts native William Hubbard said that his daughter, Aslan, told CNN the journey was an eight-hour trek across the Ukraine wilderness. William was in Slovakia tracking his daughter's progress and said it was an incredibly stressful 
because of the lack of communication. The couple with their child chose a remote area to cross the border to avoid running into Russian forces. Her boyfriend will not be able to return to Ukraine due to the ban on 18 to 60 year olds being able to leave the country. The former Prime Minister of the United Kingdom said the West is not doing enough to help Ukraine. David Cameron doubled down on the importance of continuing to supply Ukraine with more defensive aid and attacking Russia economically. He stated that the unity of the West during the conflict has been impressive, but now it's the time for backsliding. Cameron recommended fresh sanctions every week, including blacklisting companies owned by the Russian government and bans on new investments. Phil Collins and Genesis are commemorating the end of an era with a final concert in London. After a 14-year live hiatus, the band put on their last concert of the last Domino Tour, Saturday night performing 23 songs in total. Collins said that he came out publicly with his health issues, saying that he has nerve damage in his hand and has trouble drumming. He reportedly performed the final show sitting down. Collins became lead vocalist of Genesis in 1975. Queen of England is saying goodbye to her husband again. Prince Philip died last year, but only received a small service due to COVID. As NBC Kathy Parks reports, Tuesday's memorial that was held in London's Westminster Abbey and was a much bigger ceremony. This was just a beautiful tribute in honor of Prince Philip's commitment to service. It was attended by roughly 1,800 people, including the Queen herself. And in an unexpected twist, she was escorted in by her son, Prince Andrew. Prince Philip, Duke of Edinburgh, died in April of last year at the age of 99. He was married to Queen Elizabeth for over 70 years. Officials are confirming a large earthquake took place east of Australia near New Caledonia. The U.S. Geological Survey reports the 6.7 magnitude earthquake struck at a depth of over six miles. There are currently no tsunami warnings in place and there is no word on any injuries or damage. A boxing coach in England could be a new owner of the world record for consecutive boxing pad coaching rounds. Mark Bebbington held boxing pads for 500 rounds over the course of more than 34 hours. His attempt started on March 26th and he completed it the next day. Bebbington's attempt is in the process of being certified by Guinness. The previous record was 360 straight rounds. That was your international news. I'm Victoria Baker. Now it's time for local news with me, Sam Whalen. New Jersey health officials are recalling milk after contaminated cartons were found at an early learning center. School staffers at the Early Childhood Development Center in Camden raised concerns recently about the milk having a chemical smell. That's when they learned that a non-toxic sanitizer that runs through vending machines had somehow gotten into the milk cartons being given to kids. The milk is from Guida's Dairy and involves 1% low-fat milk dated for April the 11th. Health officials are urging all public school cafeterias across the state to check their milk. Next month, extended unemployment benefits for tens of thousands of New Jersey residents will go away because the state's jobless rate has fallen. The estates program that provides an additional 13 weeks of unemployment kicks in when the jobless rate in New Jersey climbs above 6.5%. But the rate has now fallen to 4.6% and the extended benefits will expire next month. No more payments will be sent out after April the 9th. The cancellation of the benefits will affect some 20,000 long-term unemployed in New Jersey. According to new data from the U.S. Census Bureau, Pennsylvania is among the bottom half of U.S. states for houses sitting unoccupied. 
And a report from LendingTree using housing market data from the last census says Pennsylvania ranks 38th in the country with just over 574,000 empty homes out of more than 5.1 million housing units. The report showed Pennsylvania's vacancy rate at around 9.9%, with an average median home value of $203,000. Pennsylvania's ranking placed it higher than all of its neighbors, except for New Jersey, Ohio, and Maryland. From Larry Higgs at NJ Advanced Media for NJ.com, some New Jersey drivers who are tired of being pummeled at the pump by high gas prices have decided to fight back by reporting gas stations they believe are price gouging. Between the end of February and March, the State Division of Consumer Affairs has received 92 consumer complaints about gasoline price gouging, according to a division spokesperson. That's more complaints in one month than the past two years combined. Gas prices began a record-breaking climb on February the 28th from $3.60 for a gallon of regular to a high of $4.38 by mid-March. Gas prices are continuing to fluctuate. From Rob Jennings at NJ Advanced Media for NJ.com, a high school in Morris County is moving back the start of the school day by 40 minutes starting in September, amid long-time concerns that teenagers are not getting enough sleep. The impending scheduling change at Chatham High School comes as two state lawmakers are proposing that high school classes in New Jersey start no earlier than 8.30 a.m. Classes at the high school currently start at 7.40 a.m., but will begin at 8.20 a.m. for the upcoming school year. School Superintendent Michael Lasusa notified parents in a letter recently of scheduling changes that also included later starts in pre-kindergarten through 5th grade. Classes at Chatham High School will end at 3 p.m. starting in September. Students are currently dismissed at 2.35 p.m. From the 6ABC Digital staff and Bob Brooks at 6ABC.com, a Philadelphia police officer was injured after she was struck by a suspected DUI driver following a traffic stop recently. Police said the 44-year-old female officer had just completed a traffic stop and was walking back to her SUV when another driver swerved into her. Witnesses say the officer was flung about 10 feet from the impact. The driver fled northbound immediately after hitting the officer, but responding officers spotted the alleged striking vehicle, a black Chevy Malibu, near Cotman Avenue. It had a smashed front windshield and a missing side view mirror, damage that was consistent with a hit and run. The 42-year-old male suspect was quickly taken into custody. Police believe he was likely drunk. The officer, a 12-year veteran assigned to the 15th District, was transported to an area hospital for minor injuries. Investigators say given the circumstances, the officer is lucky to be alive. She's currently recovering in the hospital, but is expected to be okay. I'm Sam Whalen, and that was your local news. I'm Karai Bennett with the Rowan News. The Sweeney Center for Public Policy at Rowan University today announced the formation of an expert multi-year budget work group to develop a five-year budget for the state of New Jersey's based on the consensus revenue projections put together by a team of economists. The multi-year budget workshop, which currently includes 25 budget experts and economists, held their first meeting today in Trenton and set a target to produce its first five-year baseline budget report by early June with more detailed budgets that will include policy options next January. Senate Budget Chair Paul Sarlow, who has sponsored the legislation, called the multi-year budget announced earlier this week that he wanted to take a two-year approach in developing the FY23 state budget. Last year, the nonpartisan Volcker Alliance gave New Jersey a D for budget forecasting based on the state's failure to develop multi-year revenue and spending projections, which 20 states do and implement consensus revenue forecasting as 30 other states have done. The last multi-year budget projections made public in New Jersey were in 2011 and 2012, facing our future reports developed by the Blue Ribbon Panel 
Under the Council of New Jersey's grant makers, Richard Keevey and Ray Caprio, the Rutgers University professors who developed the physical productions for the report, are both serving on the work group as William Glasgow, Deputy Director of Volcker Alliance. The multi-year budgeting work group currently includes 25 members, but it will be expanded in the weeks ahead as experts in particular areas of budget policies are added. In other news, Rowan University's 5th Annual Faculty Research Day held virtually on May 30th, which highlighted faculty investigations related to wind industry industry, as well as a closer look to the industry plans. The event featured guest speakers from New Jersey's Economic Development Authority, energy companies, Orsted, and Attentive Energy, as well as a brief presentation by more than 70 Rowan researchers on a broad range of topics, from social and racial justice concerns to advancement in prenatal medicine. Once again, and giving you your Rowan news, I'm Kariah Bennett. That does it for the first half of the Rowan Report, wrapping up this week's national, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Roan Report. I'm Allie Bruce, along with the Roan Radio News Team. I'm Nick Earnshaw with your news around the sports world. In Roan Sports News, Roan Baseball has been on a hot streak as of late, and in their last home game this past week against Penn State Harrisburg, they put up 12 runs. Ryan Schooley went 2-for-5 in that ball game with a 3-run home run in the bottom of the 5th inning. It was a close game throughout, but Rowan squeaked by 12-10 to in 8 innings. The game was shortened due to darkness. After playing Cabrini yesterday in Radnor, Pennsylvania, the Pros will continue their road trip today in Wayne, New Jersey, opening up conference play against William Patterson with first pitch scheduled for 11.30 a.m. As for the Rowan softball team, they've been on fire as well, winning five in a row. They have scored four or more runs during the five-game stretch. In their last doubleheader on Wednesday, they beat Haverford College in both games. In Game 1, the Profs won by a final score of 4-1. to one. Emily August was dominant on the bump, pitching a complete game, allowing one run on four hits. She also had five strikeouts on the day. In Game 2, the Rowan offense came alive, scoring eight runs and winning 8-2. to two. Kat Thomas had a day at the dish, hitting a two-run home run early on in the game as well as an RBI double in the sixth inning. The Profs will also play William Patterson at home in Glassboro today, opening up NJAC play at 1 p.m. For Rowan track and field, the men's team completely took over the NJAC weekly awards with all of them going to Profs. Hurdler Marquise Young won the NJAC Men's Outdoor Track Athlete of the Week, with Greg Peloso winning the NJAC Men's Field Athlete of the Week. Both the men's and women's team will be competing this weekend at Widener for the Danny Curran Invitational. Moving along to professional sports and the National Football League, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers continue their roller coaster offseason. After quarterback Tom Brady came out of his 40-day retirement to return back to the Buccaneers, head coach Bruce Arians is now heading to the golf course and was retired from coaching. The Bucs promoted defensive coordinator Todd Bowles as head coach. The last time Bowles was a head coach was of the New York Jets. Former Seahawks Pro Bowl linebacker Bobby Wagner has agreed to a deal with the Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams on a five-year contract worth $50 million, according to ESPN. The deal could go up to $65 million with incentives. 
Wagner had spent his entire career with the Seahawks until being released by the team this offseason. News has also come out about Cowboys owner Jerry Jones, who according to ESPN paid $3 million to a woman who says she is his biological daughter. Alexandra Davis, a 25-year-old congressional aide, has filed a paternity lawsuit against Jones back on March 3rd. Cynthia Spencer Davis, who is Davis's mother and Jones, had supposedly met in 1995. Jerry Jones has declined to comment on the matter. With that, I am Nick Earnshaw with your news around the sports world right here on Roan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. Hi, I'm Megan Steckler with your Roan Report business update. Republicans are striking an agreement in principle with Democrats on a $10 billion COVID package. Utah Senator Mitt Romney, the lead GOP negotiator, said the bill has yet to be drafted and needs a cost estimate from the Congressional Budget Office before the Senate can vote on it. This aid package to combat the pandemic could be the beginning of new funding to help the nation's response efforts as some fear resources are dwindling. Oil prices are tanking as President Biden considers huge daily releases from the nation's strategic oil reserves. Biden has talked about releasing 1 million barrels a day from the strategic oil reserve. West Texas Intermediate Crude is down almost five and a half dollars a barrel and international benchmark Brent crude is off more than six dollars a barrel. Continued slippage in crude oil prices could lead to lower prices at the pump. A new report shows how much more Americans are paying for inflation. According to an analysis from Bloomberg, the average American family will pay over five thousand dollars this year for basic household items compared to last year. The study goes on to predict inflation will force more people to join the workforce and that increase in workers will bring down wages. President Biden is proposing a $5.8 trillion budget for Congress to consider. More from Mark Mayfield. The president announced his budget plan for the 2023 fiscal year. It calls for higher taxes on the wealthiest Americans while lowering federal deficits by passing bills to ease costs for families on child care, health care, and energy. Biden said he was committed to cleaning up former President Trump's fiscal mess that he inherited. I'm Mark Mayfield. Sales of new vehicles are expected to fall in the first three months of this year. That's according to Edmonds, which is looking for more than 15% decline when compared to the first quarter of last year. They expect about 3.3 million vehicles to be sold in the first quarter of this year. A top Edmonds official pinned the blame on not enough cars being available in addition to rising gas prices. The automobile industry has been hampered by an ongoing semiconductor chip shortage. I'm Megan Steckler and this has been your business news report. And now it's time for your weekly entertainment recap with me, Brandon Searles. Chris Rock is still processing what happened at the Oscars after a standing ovation for several minutes at the debut of his Ego Death Tour in Boston. Rock said the crowd had him all misty. He then said he doesn't have a bunch to say about Will Smith slapping him because he wrote a whole show before last weekend. Rock says at some point he will talk about it both seriously and humorously, but for now he's going to stick to his planned show. Rock's comedy tour has seen a huge bump in ticket sales after Smith slapped him for his joke about Jada Pinkett Smith at the Oscars. The Academy has initiated disciplinary proceedings against Smith for violating the Academy's code of conduct. The body of Foo Fighters drummer Taylor Hawkins is now back in the United States. Colombian authorities have been investigating the sudden and untimely death of the 50-year-old rock star who was found dead in his Bogota hotel room Friday during the Foo Fighters South American tour. On Tuesday, his casket has been seen loaded onto the band's tour plane to bring him back to L.A. The rest of the band flew back home Saturday. 
and Foo Fighters issued a statement saying the tour has been canceled as they want to take this time to appreciate all the music and memories made with Hawkins. Legendary actor Bruce Willis is leaving behind his acting career after being diagnosed with aphasia. In a statement posted on Willis' ex-wife Demi Moore's Instagram, his family said the diagnosis has been impacting his cognitive abilities and he's stepping away from the career that has meant so much to him. Aphasia is the loss of ability to understand or express speech caused by brain damage. The 67-year-old is best known for his role in the Die Hard series as well as films like Pulp Fiction, The Fifth Element, and The Sixth Sense. The late Betty White's beach house is on the market. The beloved icon built the three-story home with her husband, Alan Ludden, and it was completed in 1981. The 3,600-square-foot home in Carmel, California is listed at nearly $8 million. The property overlooks the water, and the home has four bedrooms and four and a half bathrooms. Looks like Ezra Miller is in more trouble. People reports two Hawaii residents filed for a temporary restraining order after an incident at a karaoke bar. Over the weekend, the Flash star was arrested after allegedly getting into an argument and becoming unruly, grabbing a microphone from a woman singing karaoke and then lunging at a man playing darts. The restraining order claims Miller stole some of the alleged victim's items, including their passport and bank cards. Taylor Swift is delivering the NYU commencement address at Yankee Stadium in May. In addition, the music superstar will receive an honorary Doctor of Fine Arts degree. The event will honor the classes of 2020, 2021, and 2022, which will take place May 18th. A prequel to the film series It is in development for HBO Max. Variety reports the series is currently called Welcome to Derry and will be based in the 1960s leading up to the events of It Part 1. The story is said to include the origin story of Pennywise the Clown, the antagonist of the series based off the 1986 horror novel by author Stephen King. I'm Brandon Searles, and this has been your weekly entertainment recap here on Rowan Radio. And that wraps up this week's edition of the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Rowan Radio News Team, I'm Allie Bruce. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. Be sure to join us every Saturday morning at 9.30 for another edition of The Rowan Report, exclusively here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.